Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to St. Peter's this morning to our guests. Uh, we're glad to have you this morning as we journey our way to the cross on the second Sunday of Lent. Uh, hopefully everyone has a booklet. During this time of Lent, our services are a bit more austere, is a good word for it, solemn. We use, write one of the prayer book, and we begin our service with the Decalogue. Our procession this morning and for the Sundays during Lent, uh, except for Rose Sunday, will be in silence. So at this time, I do invite everyone to please stand for the procession. Bless the Lord who forgiveth all our sins. His mercy endureth forever. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor thy father and thy mother. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no murder. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not covet. Lord, have mercy upon us, and write all these thy laws in our hearts, we beseech thee. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. 
We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare thou those who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. thy spirit. Let us pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your Son, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, and, Lot went, and the Lord went with him. The word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something that is due. But to one who without works, trusts him, who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of all of us, as it is written, quote, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of God, in whom he believed, he who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our sequence or gospel hymn this morning is hymn 147. We'll sing the first three verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the fourth and fifth after. So I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing hymn 147 found in our blue hymnal. of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. 
For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Who, what is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Lord Christ. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In the spring of 2000, Maureen and I decided that as a way of kind of easing the tension of the transition from our lives in Connecticut to ordination and lives as a clergy family in Boston, we would take the girls to Disney World for a week. 
Now, anyone who has brought their children to Disney World knows that going to Disney World isn't just like going on any other vacation. It's kind of like going to Europe. If you want to get everything out of the experience, you have to do your research. And so we, with the girls, spent hours going through the Disney World guides written by various people to figure out exactly our plan of attack for the week. In one of those guidebooks, the one thing I remember is this piece of advice. When entering the Magic Kingdom, get there as early as possible. And as you go down Main Street and come to the turn in front of the castle, most people are going to go to the right. This person recommended you go to the left. Because if you go to the left, you will have shorter lines for the main attractions in that direction. By golly, he was right. But I share that with you this morning because as I think about our journeys with God, I realize that so often in our lives, we come to those kind of proverbial forks in the road. And more often than not, God is calling us to go against our human nature to the right, but instead to take the left fork, oftentimes leading us into unknown territory, not quite sure what's going to be ahead of us. In this morning's Old Testament reading, we heard a little bit about the call of Abram, as he was known at that time, and his wife Sarah. Abram and Sarah had come to a fork in the road with Yahweh, and Yahweh is now calling them to trust in him. The promise being, if they trust in him, they will be God's chosen people. And Abram and Sarah will become the parents of a great nation. Now, on the surface, all of this sounds wonderful and true, except for one fact. If we had read the next part of the last verse, we'd realize that Abram was 75 years old. And the assumption is that Sarah must have been somewhere between 70 and 75 Not a right young age to begin a family at, even back in those days. And to ask them at that age, after being established within their clan or tribe, to at some point when the clan is going right to go left with God meant literally leaving everything you know behind to totally let go of your support system, the protection of being a nomad throughout the wilderness, of knowing where to find water, where to find food, to literally go it alone. Because back in those days when you went left while your family went right, the likelihood of reconnecting was low. 
They didn't have cell phones like we do today. They didn't have mail service like we do today. Only if they were to cross paths along the way again would they ever know how each other was doing. But Abram and Sarah put their trust in Yahweh. No matter how far-fetched the promise that Yahweh offers them seems to be, they choose to go left when the rest of the family goes right. In this morning's gospel, we find Nicodemus at that crossroad of spiritual life as well. As our passage tells us this morning, Nicodemus isn't just every man on the street, but he is a Pharisee. He is one well-placed high up in the Jewish aristocracy. He has everything to lose if he chooses to follow Jesus. And yet, as we hear from that passage, he has seen and he has heard Jesus, and somehow what he has seen and heard has stirred something up within his heart that is telling him what he knows, what he understands, isn't the whole story, that there is something more and greater out there, and somehow Jesus is the way to that reality. So Nicodemus comes. I love this about John's gospel as he plays with light and dark, day and night. He comes to Jesus out of the darkness of night, symbolizing his life being in the darkness, and he comes towards the light of Christ, seeking something more, and yet not quite ready. He wonders how he can be born anew. He wonders how he must, how he must be able to re-enter a mother's womb. And yet what Jesus is really saying to him, you have to let go of what you know and walk into the light with faith. For it is in trust as Paul tells us, that Abram finds righteousness. Not in action, not in obedience, but in his willingness to put his full faith in Yahweh. Nicodemus, like you and me, when we come to those forks in the road and God is calling us to go left, when it's easier to go right, is really saying to us, Follow me. Let go of what's behind you. And walk in faith with me towards fuller life, towards eternal life, towards full relationship with God that is far greater than anything you can hope for or imagine. And yet, just like Nicodemus in his nighttime visit, we kind of hold ourselves onto the fence, petrified of taking that next step. You know, it's not just 
We as individuals who are oftentimes afraid of taking the next step, institutions and churches and congregations all suffer that same spiritual difficulty. Oftentimes we find ourselves time and time again at that fork in the road. And even as much as we may hear God calling us to something new and different, we find ourselves wanting to go to the right, to that which is familiar, that which we know, that which we remember. Because it's so hard to go into that place that is not familiar, that is truly unknown. In January at our annual meeting, in my address, I said to this congregation that we are now in a position to begin another five-year strategic plan. That after five years of our previous plan, it has now run its course. We once again have to look outside our doors and ask ourselves, what is happening in our neighborhood, in our community? And how is God again calling us to proclaim the word to this community in a way that it can hear it and respond to it? How do we as a church in Narragansett be church to this community, one that is changing rapidly around us, one that, like most of the state, is growing older, not younger, a community <clears throat> that is going back in time and becoming much more a summer community than it is a year-round community. How do we, as St. Peter's, address that reality in terms of our own programming, our worship, etc.? It is at this point that God is saying, go left. Strike out anew. See what you have to let go of. And trust that maybe, not maybe, that there will be something maybe, something greater for St. Peter's than we already know. But I have to tell you, it's not just individual congregations. It's not just the Episcopal Church that's finding themselves at this crossroad. It is across every single denomination, almost every single congregation out there is struggling with what we are struggling with, a changing world, a changing reality around us, and a message that is still relevant but not being heard. This past week, I gathered by Zoom with supervising pastors. Those are the pastors that have wonderful seminarians like we do that are in the midst of supervising us, so we gather online for coffee. And this week, Jenny, who runs the program, said to us, it's interesting, there is a shifting at Yale Divinity School. Suddenly, the ministry that most of the MDiv candidates are preparing for is not traditional parish ministry. The ministry now that they're looking at is chaplaincy. And together as pastors, we lamented this reality as we're wondering who's going to come in behind us. How are we going to staff our churches if 
Those new recruits, for lack of better words, are going into chaplaincy. What happens to these four walls? And as I listen to my fellow pastors, I realize something. I love my four walls. I love the security of this building. But the mission field is not inside these walls. The mission field is out there on the streets. And as God calls up our seminarians today that are seeking not the traditional ministries that we know, but going to be chaplains out there in the mission field, I realize God is calling us as an institution to figure out that we need to go left. That just like the first evangelists, Peter and Paul and John and James and Andrew, their ministry, their preaching did not happen inside four walls, but was out there in the streets of the known world, building small communities and building what became the church today. God calls us to go left, to at times put our faith in the unknown, to let go of everything we may hold near and dear and safe with and strike out with God and the light as our lead. Nicodemus comes out of the darkness and into the light of Christ, unsure but desiring that which Christ offers, salvation, grace, mercy, and forgiveness, but most of all, greater life and eternal life. We, as God's followers, do the same each week. We, like Nicodemus, seek that which is greater than ourselves, hope to find bigger and greater relationship with God, and oftentimes in order for us to find that, we too have to go left and not right, to walk with God where it feels unsafe and uncomfortable and unknown, trusting that with God, we will find greater life in the hope of eternal righteousness and oneness with God. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen, we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he grows again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, 
and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ's church and the world. Almighty and ever-living God, who in thy holy word has taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, receive these our prayers which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord, and grant that all who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and other ministers, especially Michael, our presiding bishop, Nicholas, our bishop, and Craig, our rector, that they may be, both by their life and doctrine, set forth thy true and lively word, and righteously and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with meek heart and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. We beseech thee also so to rule the hearts of those who bear the authority of government in this and every land, especially Joseph our president and Daniel our governor, that they may be led to wise decisions and right actions for the welfare and peace of the world. Open, O Lord, the eyes of all people to behold thy gracious hand in all thy works, that rejoicing in thy whole creation, they may honor thee with their substance and be faithful stewards of thy bounty. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor those all who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Ruth Vandemark, Wheaton Vaughn, and Barbara Vigent. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for Episcopal charities and the ministries and agencies the fund supports. And we also bless thy holy name for all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to grant them continual growth in thy love and service, and to grant us grace so to follow the good examples of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Blessed Peter, our patron, and of all thy saints, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant these our prayers, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. They're actually on the E-net. And so just a handful of announcements to be aware of. Next week here at the church at 2 o'clock, Musica Dolce will be here performing their spring concert. There is a suggested donation price, and we'll find that 
um, that is also available on the eNet. Also, as we look ahead, uh, April 9th is Easter. At the back of our booklets, we have already begun um, publishing our Holy Day, our, our Holy Week um, items. Please pay attention to those dates and times, and um, hopefully we'll see as many as came for Ash Wednesday here. I wish to also welcome again all who are visiting today. If you look in the front of your pew, you'll find a pocket that has our visitor cards in them. I do ask you at this time to take a moment and fill that out and slip one half of it, the filled out half, into the offering plate this morning. I promise you will not receive any unwanted emails from St. Peter's or any other service by filling that out if you don't wish it. Today is the first Sunday of the month, and it is our tradition that we celebrate birthdays and wedding anniversaries. So if anyone has a March birthday, you are welcome to come forward. Or if you have a... <laughs> I think Ron has a birthday. <laughs> if he still has a knee. And, and wedding anniversary. So if anyone has a wedding anniversary or a March birthday, please come forward. I'll put you down here. <laughs> okay. Today's the day. You can just leave your presence on the floor. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now I've got to find it. No. Uh, that was me of little faith, you know? All right, hang on. There we go. March 5th, today. Today. Ooh. <laughs> pray. Watch over your child, O Lord, as his days increase. Bless and guide him wherever he may be. Strengthen him when he stands. Comfort him when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise him up if he fall. And in his heart may thy peace, which passeth understanding, abide all the days of his life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Happy birthday. <laughs> Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do. It is very neat, right, and abounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was in every way tempted as we, ah, yet did not sin, by whose grace we are able to triumph over every evil and to live no longer unto ourselves, but unto him who died for us and rose again. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, to thee, almighty God, our heavenly Father, that thou of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and did institute, and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death and sacrifice until his coming again. For in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this. 
For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it in remembrance of me. Wherefore, O Lord and Heavenly Father, according to the institution of thy dearly beloved Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we, thy humble servants, do celebrate and make here before thy divine majesty with these thy holy gifts, which we now offer unto thee the memorial thy Son hath commanded us to make, having in remembrance his blessed passion and precious death, his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, rendering unto thee most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits procured unto us by the same. And we most humbly beseech thee, O merciful Father, to hear us. And of thy almighty goodness, vouchsafe to bless and sanctify with thy word and Holy Spirit these thy gifts and creatures of bread and wine, that we, receiving them according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood. And we earnestly desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that, by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls, and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee that we, and all others who shall be partakers of this holy communion, may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction, and made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee, to accept this our bound in duty and service, not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offenses through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, bread of heaven. The body of Christ,
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank Thee for that Thou dost feed us in these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of Thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and dost assure us thereby of Thy favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very members and corporate in the mystical body of Thy Son, the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom. And we humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all good such as you have prepared for us to walk in. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Bow down before the Lord. Keep this your family, Lord, with your never-failing mercy, that relying solely on the help of your heavenly grace, they may be upheld by your divine protection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please stand and join in singing hymn 473.
Thanks be high.